Indescribable Podcast. They'll recap CXG on one indescribable podcast. They'll share their points of view. And in this one fact, besides, she should kidnap Valencia so that they can start to connect. Refresh, and you really. Just wants to keep talking about just also we meet to kneel now onto your favorite podcast where we bring all of our takes for you. Yes, that's right. We're here. We're back uh, with another episode of One Indescribable Podcast, where we are going through the Hit CW show Crazy Ex-Girlfriend episode by episode, and we have found ourselves today uh, nearing the middle of season two. We are at season two, episode five. I am, of course, Adam H. here with you week after week, and with me, two of my very good friends, the Barb to my Nancy. Todd, how are you? Oh. Oh, oh, sorry. I, I was trying to make up my notes. Uh, what what does scandalous French toast mean? I, <laughs> that'll let you know at Adam's Kitchen Corner <laughs> later. That'll be a extra segment there. Uh, Todd, how are you? I'm doing pretty well. Uh, I, I did let a, a big yawn right before we started recording, as uh, Lindy, Lindy pointed out. Uh, little, a little sleepy, but we're going to power through. Yeah, we're going to bring the energy here today. Uh, this is a fun episode. There's some, like, not amazing songs comparatively to what we've had before. Uh, but there's some, like, very interesting and I think very funny character moments here in this episode uh, that I'm incredibly excited to talk about. Uh, and with us, of course, as well, uh, the Triceratops ballerina herself. Lindy, how are you? Hi, I'm great. And I'm hoping that, you know, after last week's kind of... Uh, amazing best episode <laughs> we've ever recorded ever like yeah you know we were kind of arguing you know it was uh it could be frustrating in moments i'm hoping that this week we can connect refresh and heal together yes um like just in general are you is there anything <laughs> like specific that you're trying to like connect refresh and heal from i just i just think we need to bond i think um you know we're always fighting over winning the quiz so it's just me and you (laughs) that you want to that you want to like refresh connect and heal you todd are fine i think we're both on good terms with todd okay yeah todd todd's great todd you're fine even though like (laughs) you do torture us with these quizzes week after week and you know we direct that energy solely at each other and never to you which is probably incorrect but uh okay lindy i'm down what do you how do you want to like go about through this process should we like set up a tent I, I really hate camping, but like, should, you know, is there like a festival that we can go to? Like, what's the, what's the method here? Should we pee on some equipment? Like what's Absolutely the. Not. Let's okay. Not we're out on that. that. Okay. We're okay. Gonna skip ruining electronics. There's no point to that. Uh, I, to be fair, they seemed, I mean, it seemed fine. It didn't seem to actually do anything, but um, okay. So we're out on that. So what's the, what's the play here? Do I kidnap you? Like, what's the... <laughs> yeah, tell me we're going out to Dairy Queen, and then we'll go on a longer drive. We'll talk it out. Very murdery. We'll get to the desert. Okay. 
<laughs> go camping why not mm, gosh i just can't help but feeling that that would be an absolutely terrible way <laughs> to connect or fresh and heal with someone look uh, it works Obviously, you need a, a shared uh, drug trip is obviously the thing that, that will help you. <laughs> I will take uh, least likely things for Adam and Lydia to do for a thousand, please. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll, so I'll, I'll clarify the category. Least likely things for Adam and Lindy to do together for a thousand, please. Um, <laughs> I don't want to assume anything about Lindy, but um, okay. We're here to talk about crazy ex-girlfriend. Uh, admittedly, that was on the episode. It was kind of a weird episode. Yes, a bit. Uh, like, I don't know. We've had, like, some incredible episodes so far in season two. Like, the songs have been amazing. And, like, I, this episode feels like it just sort of, like, came out of nowhere and was, like, uh... <laughs> like, I felt like I was doing that a lot this episode. I was just like, uh, what's going on here? <laughs> oh, gosh. Shall we get into it? We probably should get into it, shouldn't we? Uh, we're still riffing at the, at the top here. But yeah, let's get into it. Season 2, Episode 5 of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Lindy, take it away. All right. This one's called, Why is Josh's Ex-Girlfriend Eating Carbs? And this episode starts off very weirdly. <laughs> let's just say that. Um, basically, it's 10,000 BC, or like around that time. That's what it says on the screen. And... Okay, it's just weird. Like, Rebecca is there. Valencia's there. <laughs> Rebecca's thanking this guy for killing a saber tooth. And Valencia's, like, exfoliating her feet. And she's really annoyed with Rebecca. And Rebecca's talking about how it's awkward that they both mated with the alpha male who rejected both of them. And Rebecca has an idea. She wants to eat the lice off of Valencia. And Valencia accepts, I guess, because she needs that done. And... And then Rebecca goes at it. And and that's our opening scene of this episode. Yep. And it's worth knowing they're, they're just like grunting the entire time. Everything's like in subtitles at the bottom as well. So like, yeah, it's strange. It's it's very strange. It's just so weird because we like ended the last episode with like, oh, there's Valencia and she's eating a donut. And then we open up this episode with like, what was in that donut? Like, what is, <laughs> what, what is happening here? And they haven't taken the Triceratops yet. That, that comes later. Yeah, this was the opening, really. Like, a, you know, uh, yeah, it was very weird. It was like the first of my, like, uh, so, yeah. This whole episode is trippy in, in various ways. <laughs> and so from that scene, we cut back to the present day reality in which, uh, Rebecca is talking to Heather about how she wants to connect with Valencia on a primal level. Heather's like, what are you talking about? And Rebecca holds up this book that's called Blood and Lice. And it's about how she says females use grooming and bonding techniques to lower cortisol levels. So that's what Valencia and I need to do. We need to heal and bond. First of all, where did Rebecca get this book? Like, why is she reading this? I'm judging by the rest of the episodes you probably heard about from Roxanne Gay, uh, I believe it's the name. <laughs> that's that's possible. She saw it on Twitter, recommended by someone she likes, so she just decided to read it. It just seems so random. <laughs> Are there a lot of these like types of books in the library, Ton? Ton is famously a librarian. I don't know. We actually don't talk about it like a ton here, but uh like are there a lot of these types of books? Oh, I'm sure there are. Uh 
it's a uh, pretty much any type of book you're going to find a, a good assortment, depending on the library, depending on the collection development policy. Uh, I, I believe that there's probably somewhere that has a nice, you know, primal bonding a collection somewhere out there. So I can see it. At some point, I really want you to like find so the closest related book that you can to what this is in the library and report back. There probably is something really similar. Yeah, I would imagine there is. I would imagine this is inspired by something that a uh, Rebecca, uh, not Rebecca, Rachel Bloom actually saw in real life and inspired her to, to incorporate into the show. Wouldn't surprise me. Well, yes, Rebecca has been very inspired, <laughs> even though, as Heather says, Valencia hates you. <laughs> And Rebecca's like, no, no. Uh, she just thinks she does because we're both enmeshed in the same toxic male, Josh Chan. <laughs> and this is when we find out that Heather has been making Rebecca pay her $5 every time she mentions Josh, which is hilarious. And a great money-making effort by Heather. I mean, that's got to be the easiest way to make money. <laughs> oh, yeah, because Rebecca says it multiple times after being told to, like, a... Uh pass over the money i can't remember how much money heather says that she owes her but it was a a good amount of money. like hundreds of dollars yeah it was like hundreds of dollars it was like basically they remember give me five dollars every time you said josh it reminds me you owe me like three hundred dollars and rebecca's boss is like i don't know why i agreed to this <laughs> but she did so. right it's like you don't like someone says that you don't have to do it but rebecca was like yeah okay <laughs> yeah but again, Rebecca, as we have seen in the past, is not the best with money handling decisions. So she's going to be broke again pretty soon, just from the Josh Fund alone. So then we see uh, it's in a classroom. Paula and Rebecca are there. This is Paula's first day of law school. And Rebecca's been ta talking about the Valencia situation. Paula's saying, you know, most women don't want to bond with a fellow ex. But Rebecca's trying to convince her otherwise. Like, no, me and Valencia, we need to, we need to heal and bond together um and then we see paula's clearly pretty nervous about class starting i mean this is her first day i think that's always nerve-wracking no matter like what situation you're in and for paula this is such a big deal it's obvious why she would be nervous about it but rebecca had like packed her lunch for her and gives her a little kiss on the forehead as she's leaving and she takes the the extra juice box that paula's not gonna have as she leaves i thought this was pretty cute yeah, yeah, I think it was it was like sweet, like the fact that Rebecca like fixed her a lunch and everything, and yeah, she took the extra juice box for herself. But still, Rebecca was making an effort. Rebecca was there for first day of class, trying to be supportive, trying to be there for her friends. So I thought it was like a sweet moment for Rebecca. I thought it was, uh, yeah, sweeter than the scene made it seem because immediately after Rebecca leaves, uh, this guy leans forward from the row behind Paula, and he's like, "Kids, huh?" My daughter is also very self-involved. It's like, okay, like, <laughs> I guess he probably heard Rebecca going on and on about Valencia and bonding, like, before the scene started for us. But even so, I mean, she gave her a lunch. It was nice, I guess. <laughs> but Paula's like, that's not my daughter. That's my best friend. <gasps> Awkward. And... <laughs> He says, well, oh, she had like a me, me, me vibe. <laughs> and Paula says, no, like she's terrific. She's just been a little distracted lately. Like she wrote me this great recommendation letter. But uh, yeah, I couldn't use it because it was late. <laughs> and as we talked about in that episode, like that was 
we did not like that from Rebecca. Like, she had no excuse for not writing that letter on time. But Paula is glossing over that and saying, like, you know, I get it. Like, I'm Barb. She's Nancy. And I was like, oh, man. <laughs> Stranger things here. Right? I mean, is are there any other Barb's I mean, Nancy's? I think it is, which is, like, so odd for that to be the pull. I like took me a second. I even, like, put it in the notes. And I was like, or I mentioned in the notes, I was like, is this Stranger Things? I was like, what? I was I was the same way. I had to go back and look at the uh, times. Like, okay, did Stranger Things come out before this season of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend? Because I, like, I have no concept of time these days, you know. Uh, but even even before that, like, I was like, wait. And I looked, and yep, sure enough, Stranger Things came out. You know, right before this, 2016. Yeah, they both both came out 2016. So, well, earlier this show did reference Game of Thrones as well. So I guess they they were throwing in lots of you know current references at the time. Yeah, but yeah, because she said Barbara Nancy. I'm like, I made a note. I need to look that up to figure out what they're talking about because I didn't even begin to think there was a Stranger Things reference. Uh, At first, I thought it was just like an old TV show that I had never seen before. (laughs) Uh, Because there's it's like a big category of shows. I was like, Barbara Bush and Nancy Reagan is where my main. (laughs) (laughs) I knew for the record, I knew it was Stranger Things, but I was I was surprised that that was the reference. But anyway, then, so Paula is saying that, and then she kind of, like, like, it's like her words just kind of take off, and she's like, but I just had an abortion. It would have been nice to talk to her about it, and she's kind of, like, yelling this in the class. I was like, I don't know how realistic that seemed. Like, I get Paula's frustrated, but to just totally forget she's surrounded by people she's never met and just say all of that? Yeah, and here's like the beginning of the thing that kind of, like, like planned my flag in last week, where she's like, I would have been nice to talk to my friend about this. I'm like, yeah, well, she wasn't stopping you. She actually offered multiple times. And I mean, the other things you're complaining about are about, yeah, that's that's really valid. But this thing, it's not 100% on her. Uh, but Yeah, certainly not 100%. I, to be honest with you, I think I struggled a little bit like with what Lindy was saying, too. I was like, I don't know that Paula actually yells this in the classroom on the first day of school. Like, no matter how frustrated she actually is. Like, it felt very, like, forced to me, uh, which is, like, a, I guess, like, an interesting thing for them to try and force of, like, you know, we're going to talk about it probably a little bit more later in the episode, but, like, the split up between Rebecca and Paula here, like, the the riff that kind of, like, divides them at this point. It, like, feels weird to me that she's, like, going into the first day of school after, like, getting her lunch or whatever from Becca and me, like, well, I just had an abortion and it would have been nice to talk about it with somebody, like... Uh, okay, like maybe that's not what Paul is doing <laughs> here. Uh, yeah. Like, I get the frustration and get the nerves of the first day and whatnot, but like, there's like this random guy. I feel like you're not saying that if you're also not telling Rebecca about the situation. Uh, the slight pushback, I think I made this too when you brought it up earlier. Todd was like, yes, Rebecca did offer, but like, how genuine was that offer? Was she in like a headspace to receive it? Like, how would have, you know, not that she didn't make the offer, but uh, you know, I'm not, I, I'm, I guess I'm not going to put it like a hundred percent on, uh, what am I trying to say? I'm not going to put it a hundred percent on Paula. I think but we it's... did cover this in the last episode, how like Rebecca offered. I personally think it was genuine, but that doesn't mean Paula had to say anything to her, but there was an opportunity that like Rebecca clearly laid out. So yeah, I, think I think that's what Todd was saying. 
Yeah, I think that that's my thing. Like Paula is under no compulsion to tell Rebecca and talk to Rebecca about it. But then she also can't complain about not being able to talk to Rebecca about it whenever she made the conscious decision not to talk to Rebecca about it. Whenever Rebecca was very, very open about wanting to find out what was wrong with her. And that's that's my 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 problem with with this whole thing is it feels really weird for Paula to be suddenly uh you know anti-Rebecca for this one thing whenever she it seems like she's like twisting the facts a little bit to to meet to make herself angry it's just it's weird the whole the whole thing is weird for me yeah and then after she makes that like big declaration uh this guy is talking about how his wife died i mean obviously it's like paula just shared this huge thing and so i guess he felt like he could share this thing they kind of it seems like they really instantly bond over these things that maybe they don't feel comfortable talking to anyone else about. Um, and that's when they introduce each other. It's like, I'm Paula. And he's like, I'm Sunil. So that's when we learn his name. So then we see <laughs> Rebecca is at Valencia's door. And she's talking to her about ingesting each other's lice and also each other's pain and sorrow. And she wants her to read the book. <laughs> And she just barges into the apartment. And it's like, Rebecca, whoa. <laughs> Not really the best method here. But as soon as she walks in the apartment, she looks around and she sees that it's like a mess. And there's there's carbs here. There's muffins, which is not what Rebecca expects of Valencia. And Valencia calls herself fat. And she says she doesn't want to talk to Rebecca right now. Like, she always knew Rebecca was trying to steal Josh from her. Like, I don't want to be around you. But she, Rebecca is insisting on connecting. She's like, you know, I, I lost Greg and I got rejected by Josh. But Valencia is saying, like, we're not the same. I dumped Josh. You were his failed rebound. Like, I made a choice to end it and I'm fine. I'm not sure that she is like actually fine as we see later oh, in the episode. Oh, she's not. Absolutely. She's but I <laughs> I like completely agree with her premise here that they are not the same. Um there's like certainly similarities, right? Like you can't both be dating Josh Jane and like have him be such a big part of your life without having a lot of similarities. Um but like we I, at least I personally gave like a lot of credit to Valencia for like being the one to end that relationship cuz their relationship Valencia and Josh ended much differently than Rebecca and Josh. Like so much differently. Uh <laughs> like you know, Valencia like just couldn't even be more different actually. Here's your, here's your reminder to go back and watch that scene of Rebecca and Josh about to break up. It's yeah. a whirlwind. <laughs> like that's exactly where my mind was. I was like it couldn't even be more different than what happened between Valencia and Josh. Obviously there was like this big thing Josh was supposed to propose versus like Rebecca was ready to name their kid. Like you know, it's it's like not even remotely the same thing. Valencia was the one that ended it. But Josh was still like a big part of both of their lives. And they do both have that like shared experience of understanding what it's like to be in a relationship with Josh Champ. Uh, and guess what? Shockers, it's not great. Uh, it's not good uh, from Josh there. And they can certainly bond over that. But I actually do like that Valencia is like acknowledging that she was the one to end it, that she is like in this space uh probably in a better space than Rebecca, but like overall she still had some agency in that situation versus like Josh was the one to end it for Rebe uh, for him and Rebecca. Definitely. And Rebecca is trying to insist like, you're sad like me, but Valencia just like shoves her out. 
as is her right i mean rebecca just barged into her apartment <laughs> all right and then we have a scene we see josh and he's at his job at aloha tech and he's organizing a bunch of stuff when his boss walks in and is like what are you doing here your shift doesn't start for six hours six hours <laughs> That is early. Anyone ever early six hours early? (laughs) No, certainly not. Not me. (laughs) And uh, Josh says that sorting things clears his head, and then he starts talking about how you know his best friend moved away. White Josh has a serious boyfriend. Hector and his mom started a dating advice podcast. Let's stop down on that. Oh, man. I I do enjoy that Hector's defining characteristic now is just, like, his relationship with his mother. I I like that a lot more than whatever weird, gross stuff was going on with him in the, in the first season, I think. But uh, And uh, I just hope that we get to see the dating podcast at some point. Is that uh, is that what we should podcast about after we're done here with CXG? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Adam, Todd, and Lindy have a dating advice podcast? That'd be I think yeah. we so would. Funny. I think we would nail it. Wait, we need to at least do a one-off with that, <laughs> right? Okay. A- yeah, after season two, we'll give dating advice. That'll I'm writing it down. I'm not even kidding. Everyone will be. Yeah, we have lots of good advice and good experience. Uh, I'm not saying that we'd be like, you know, the people to come to for advice, but I think it'd be so funny. Yeah, like, it would be good. <laughs> Well, admittedly, I have a lot. I could give a lot of like what not to do, and then Lindy could probably give a lot of like what to do, and you know what I mean. Like go. we could be certainly have both sides covered here. Yeah. I don't. I don't know Todd's dating life, so I, I can't. I don't. I have no concept for what Todd's life is. Yeah, I I just be sitting there basically. Todd would all <laughs> also be there. Todd, can, Todd, Todd would can, not be talking. Todd can tell us both that we're like both crazy here as we are talking about advice. Well, we'll revisit that idea later for sure. Um, but Josh keeps going and he's like, and I broke up with two girls in two months. And Alex is like, okay, that's the thing. I get it. You're a girlfriend guy. It's hard being alone. That's This is a very real thing. I don't know. Like I... Uh, I'm certainly not one of these people, but like I have like a lot of friends and even like some family members who like have to be in relationships like a hundred percent of the time. Uh, they're like, you know, always those people that are like, I broke up with whoever last week and I'm like already in another relationship and whatnot. They're like, I, you know, I would, uh, there are a lot of things that I'm very willing to pass judgment for. Uh, I guess this is like probably not one of them actually. Cause I think that like people, I don't know. It's like hard for <laughs> it's like hard for me to say that like people definitively shouldn't be in. There are like certainly relationships that people shouldn't be in, but like just the overall concept of like always being in a relationship, I am not gonna like say no to. Um, but basically, what I'm what I am trying to say is that these people certainly exist. This is like a very real thing. I don't know if you guys like know people in your lives that are like this, but this is certainly a thing. It's definitely a thing, and definitely a thing. While I think I I mean if that's what people want to do like go for it but me personally i couldn't do that and like oh my gosh like if i if i was like ending a relationship and then immediately getting a new one i i just can't even imagine that i would be such a mess i would i would just need some time you know yeah you have to you have to dye the hair you have to <laughs> right like i need time to be sad to you dye the end of the my hair thing. blue mm-hmm. to kind of have this moment for me yes <laughs> 
and then move on later. You know what I mean? So <laughs> in- <laughs> I guess I guess you don't know what I mean, but whatever. Okay. <laughs> Not yet, Lindy. <laughs> Maybe one day. That's right. That's right. You're going to dye your ha- hair one day, but not for a while. Okay. So Josh says he's fine with it, but he's obviously not. Like, it's so clear. Like, Valencia was like, I'm fine. And Josh is like, I'm fine. It's so obvious they're not fine. <laughs> yeah, and, the, the whole Arrested Development narrator, they were not fine. Exactly. You know, like, expecting that to pop up anytime because it's just so blatantly obvious. But, like, in an appropriate way, like, it makes sense that they would be saying they're fine and they're not actually fine. Like, I agree with, like, the choice of of their behavior, you know? And Josh sits down to start untangling these things. And that's when we get our first song in this episode, which is called Thought Bubbles. And I guess I'll go first. Um, I, I like this song in general. I have an overall positive opinion of it. I think that it's pretty relatable. Like, it's hard to be alone with your thoughts. Like, I get that. They can start wandering down roads you don't want to go down. Especially, you know, with the world the way it is right now. It's like, geez, I don't want to I don't want to think about certain things. So I get where Josh is coming from here. And the funniest part is where he's like, if I can't even hit the gym, how will I ever be a good father? Like, <laughs> just He's just making these giant leaps and it's really funny. Yeah, it's 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 not my favorite. I've again, I it's I don't I don't dislike it. I think it's like you know more positive and negative for me, but it just doesn't really do a whole lot for me. There are a couple parts that I like. The the part you just mentioned, the whole little train of thought, like getting in the fight with his thoughts, not whole little train of thought. It's just so absurd that it amused me at the very end because he's been doing the oh 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 through the whole thing. At the end, is like. Thoughts dark like Edgar Allan Poe, po, 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 and yeah. complex like videos by OK Go 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 Go, and something about Obama's dog Bo 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 Bo, bo. you know <laughs> that just like just like the the random rhymes just suddenly at the end, and also I'm like, has Josh ever read any Edgar Allan Poe? I wonder. It's uh, maybe it's a school assignment. He started it once and went, oh, this is dark, and didn't finish it. I would assume. But it was just like, and that that was the thing. Like, it felt like a really weird pull for Josh to reference Edgar Allan Poe in a song that just like really like stuck out to me. But uh, but yeah, it's it's an okay song. It's it's not one of my favorites, but it's not going to get a bad score from me either. I really like this song. I think it's like so fun. It's got like such a. I love like the the contrast between like the chill vibe and like the existential crisis that's happening underneath the chill vibe. Uh, I think it's like really good. There's like some really funny lines, like you said it too. My favorite is like uh, that reminds me that I barely passed uh, lifeguard school. That's why that kid almost died in that pool. <laughs> He's just like. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I I think the song is like really funny. It's got like that, you know, Bruno Mars lazy song energy of just like, you know, the four chords on the guitar, just like chilling. I really like the vibe. This might be like my favorite Josh song uh, so far. That's a very low bar for, I think. Angry, mad. Yeah, there's been some real stinkers in there. (laughs) In terms of solo Josh songs, there aren't very many that I really care for, I don't think, you know. Oh, you know what I like more than this one? A boy band made up of four Joshes. <laughs> I love yeah. that one. 
I definitely yeah. prefer that one to this one. I yeah. know that song. To me, it's not even close the other way around. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but I liked this song. I thought it was like good. Awesome. And then we have Rebecca. She's at the office. She's eating a muffin. I guess she was inspired by Valencia, or actually, she just eats muffins all the time anyway. <laughs> and uh, she and White Josh, uh, White Josh comes in, and they kind of are making fun of each other. And White Josh is talking, like Rebecca's saying, "Oh, you're here like every day." And White Josh is saying, "Well, you know, I haven't even met Daryl's daughter yet." And Rebecca's like, "Ooh, I like that insecurity." <laughs> I'm I'm lo- like I'm endlessly fascinated by their relationship. It's just like like they're one of the few few relationships that Rebecca has in the show where like she never is able to win this person over. But she also doesn't really try. Like with White Josh, she doesn't really try to get on his good side. Like she does with ev- almost everyone else. With with White Josh, she's just always like from the first time she saw him, it's just like you know making fun of him just constantly. And it's like the first thing she says when he walks in is like, "Wow, a shirt with sleeves." You mean the president? And he was like, ah, that, that's a good bit. And but then whenever he says about that, about no, not being Madison, she's like, ooh, an insecurity, me likey. And because it's like, I guess like the first time, which it was funny, it's like it seems like the first time that she's hurting insecurity from him. But I mean, then the whole talk on the bus about how he like, he like the reason he is the way he is is because he was, you know, fat as a kid and got made fun of. And like his whole personality is almost like driven by that insecurity. But also on the bus, uh, she was just talking about other things, I guess. But yeah, I'm just always really interested in the fact that they have this kind of contentious relationship. Not not super hateful, but just like this little butting of heads like every time. And that and neither one of them really goes out of their way to like get along with the other one. They just find it fascinating. Yeah, to be fair, I think on the bus, White Josh said he was like seven years old when he got it together. So, I, you know, I don't know how like relatable of a story that is. Um, I think this scene also starts off with White Josh being like, what number muffin is that for you today? <laughs> <laughs> and like, uh, get, get out of here, White Josh. Let her eat your muffins. <laughs> muffins are delicious. I yeah. love a good muffin. Especially at work. Like, Yeah, that, gotta, I wish that I could eat muffins while I was day. working all day. That would be amazing. Yeah. I agree. I love their relationship. It's so funny because like, both of them are coming at this like they don't get each other and it's hilarious it's not like one of them is always picking on the other and the other is like trying to impress press the other one like they both are just kind of like making fun of each other i love it yeah and that's when daryl walks in and he's got these like exercise pants for him and white josh and they're going to this festival it's some sort of version of burning man like that and Daryl refers to it as being like primal. And this word obviously alerts Rebecca to her plan of bonding with Valencia. And it even flashes back to the, the opening scene of this episode. And Rebecca just looks at the brochure that says connect, refresh, heal. And she is just all in on this. She's like, this is going to solve the problem. <laughs> I love it when she just hears something and immediately is like, okay, this is my project. I'm doing this. Uh, So then we see her show up to Valencia's apartment again. And she's talking about how she wants to go get food. And Valencia wants her to just stop talking about Josh. She's like, that's why you're here, right? And Valencia eventually agrees. She's like, I'll get the free food, but we can't talk about Josh. And Rebecca's like, okay, great. And she tells Valencia to go to the bathroom before they leave. And Valencia's like, 
for what six blocks like that's how far we're going and rebecca's like yeah six blocks that's the distance we will be traveling <laughs> oh in dnd terms uh, rebecca rolled pretty low on her deception check but valencia rolled even lower on her insight check because good grief <laughs> that was not even close to being a good attempt at a lie but valencia just like i guess valencia was too hungry uh to to notice too blinded by the when the blizzard is on the line tide uh i i mean yeah i mean (laughs) i i'd ignore a lot of lies if someone's gonna buy me a free blizzard so love i would go for that too blizzards are great noted okay so in in the attempt i'm gonna kidnap lindy to connect i forget the second word and heal refresh and refresh refresh yeah okay connect refresh and heal okay the blizzard will work on you oh absolutely okay okay here's the thing i love sugar i'll take any dessert any any dessert okay absolutely um yeah and when rebecca and when valencia walks out of the room rebecca is like it like repeats the phrase she's like connect refresh heal <laughs> like to no one like no one's in the room with her she's just saying that she's so excited uh so then we see them arrive at the festival and valencia sees like this sign that says those words and she's like more like starve sweat and hand sanitize <laughs> <laughs> I, I do want to say this i love valencia in this episode uh i you know the show up to now valencia has not been one of my favorite characters uh by design the, the show really definitely put her as oppositional to rebecca up till now and so it's understandable but this episode is like the beginning of valencia moving out of the adversarial role into a friendship role with rebecca and uh not being just completely this uh, physically perfect, but a, a emotionally stunted, distant a, a persona that was like kind of being pushed before. And so I love this episode where Valencia finally gets to, you know, show other sides of herself that we really haven't seen since her first appearance. I mean, we did see a little bit of vulnerability in her first appearance, but then Rebecca kind of torpedoed that and Valencia shut it down. From then on, but uh, I I really like the fact that Valencia is now becoming like a more fully fleshed character from this point on. I mean, she's still Valencia. She still has like that, you know, self-centeredness and everything, but there's more depth to her uh, moving forward, which I appreciate. Yeah, and she like relents to being at this festival because... She just does not have anything else to do. It's clear that she's just been hanging out by herself at her apartment, eating carbs, which is something she doesn't normally do. And so you can tell she's just like tired and just gives up in the face of Rebecca's persistence. She's like, whatever, fine. (laughs) And Rebecca says, it'll be great. I brought a tent. (laughs) And then she wants to do an activity. But Valencia is like, no more talking about trauma. (laughs) Like, please. And then we see another group of our characters who have a tent, which is Daryl and White Josh. They're also there. And Daryl's talking about how he's looking around. He's seeing all these young people. And he says he's feeling like a weird uncle. Like he's older than all these people, including White Josh. And then he sees another, as he calls it, like older dude who walks up to them, you know, knows White Josh, clearly. And Daryl says that, you know, he's happy to see... A fellow, like, older person here. 
Yeah, and then says it's it's nice to have someone else who knows who Marlo Thomas is. And then they start talking about uh something about Marlo Thomas and the when the mannequin winks at her. Oh, I know. And so as I'm watching this episode, I immediately think Adam and Lindy probably have no idea what this reference is. Uh, Adam definitely doesn't know. Lindy might have an idea since she's TV Lindy. I gotta be honest, they don't idea. know who that is. Oh, I'm I'm not surprised. So uh, just just for the reference of. Uh, Marlo Thomas starred in a sitcom in the 60s and 70s called That Girl, which I knew because I saw it in syndication many years later. It was on TV land for a while. But in the opening credits, there's a scene where she's like going through the city and she stops by like this window of the store. There's this mannequin inside and then it zooms in. The mannequin is her winking back at herself, you know? So, yeah, but it's, it's one of those things I just like, it's a weird thing to like suddenly have a Marlo Thomas, that girl uh, reference, but I immediately thought, yeah, Adam and Lindy will have no, I barely know what the yeah, reference no is. Clue. <laughs> you know, but. Yeah, no clue at all. So then, then we get this short little scene of Paula in class with Sunil and they're trying to manage the whole like listening to the lecture, taking these notes really quickly. It seems like it's pretty hard to keep up with. And they see this guy a few rows ahead of them who has this like, fancy note-taking software that's like helping him take the notes and like seems like it's summarizing it and you know highlighting things at the same time seems pretty nice and they're really into that and they lean over and they're like like what is that what app is that and the guy turns around and he's like nunya and then paula's like oh great nunya is that an is that an app can i download that and he's like, none your business, bitch. <laughs> I mean, okay, that came out of nowhere. <laughs> and Paula and Sunil are like so offended. I and love, Paula's like, they, like, yeah. They do a double gas, which was like, <gasps> in unison, which I love. <laughs> like Sunil and Paula are already in sync. They're both like, like, like clasping their pearls and gasping and drawing back at the same, the same motion. It is, it's so good. It's so funny. Yeah. And Paula's like, I thought my son was rude. <laughs> I mean, pretty rude. Pretty uncalled for. Extremely but. uncalled for. <laughs> a bit much. Yeah, a bit much. At the same time, I believe that this would happen. So. I Yeah, this, yeah I would certainly do this, right? If, well, <laughs> <then>. No. <laughs> would you really? I would probably, I would not add on the bitch at the end. Unless I knew them. She's. <laughs> I certainly would. Oh my gosh! I mean, none. The classic Nanya setup is like the peak of the mountain for comedy. That's like as good as it gets. Okay. Oh wow! Wow! Yeah. <laughs> you don't think you see so? what kind of person Adam is here? I mean, wow! I thought you were rude before. Well, <laughs> little do you know. Yeah, there's uh, no, no limits there. Uh, I also always take notes by hand too. I don't. I, I I can't like take notes by a computer. I don't know why, but in college I did take notes by hand because I was like, if I'm on the computer, I'm gonna get so distracted. I'm not gonna remember it as well. So I yeah. I did always take them by hand. Yes, I also took notes by hand in college. <laughs> <laughs> I think Todd probably had too. <laughs> <laughs> Back in the Marlo Thomas days. <laughs> oh my god. You know what, Adam? That's none of our business. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Nanya. Nanya. 
Uh, so that's what happens to them and then uh we flash we go back to the festival um there's this big tent where everyone is rebecca is trying to talk to valencia valencia's like got her eyes closed she's clearly like trying to meditate or something she's actually says she's trying to enjoy a sensory bath (laughs) but rebecca is just constantly interrupting her with talking about josh obviously even though valencia made it very clear she did not want to talk about him and then on the other side of this tent, we see Daryl and White Josh and the older guy that they were talking to earlier. His name is Carl. And he kind of mentions that he and White Josh used to date. And Daryl is immediately so clearly insecure about this. And he's like, why did no one tell me about this? So this is just not going well for, for everyone here. And then the music stops. And Valencia's like, this place really sucks. And Rebecca's response is, at least Josh isn't here. And that's when we cut to Josh at work and his boss telling him he's got to go fix the sound system at Electric Mesa. You said the the Arrested Development narrator earlier, Todd. This, like, felt very Arrested Development of, like, (laughs) everything sort of, like, coming together for this ending of, like, oh, he's like, if Josh was here, cut to Josh, like, about to be getting here. Yeah. Also, I just have to ask, uh, after the music stopped, the uh, Sherpa Allen asked, uh, who has the didgeridoo? And like 90% of the people in the tent raised their hand. So, Adam, can you play a didgeridoo? Is that one of your instruments? I cannot play a didgeridoo, unfortunately. Uh, maybe one day, though. Maybe. I feel, I think they're one of like the most expensive instruments is the other thing, too. Interesting. But... Maybe someone who's listening can play a didgeridoo. I'd be down. Do you want to like put a didgeridoo in the in the next musical that we that we do here? I think we should. I think have we a should. didgeridoo. Call out. Yeah. yeah. Maybe Lindy can play it. I don't think so, but <laughs> <laughs> I can provide you know the portions of songs that are just talking. That's uh, that's my role in the music. <laughs> So then we see Paula and Sunil, they are like outside um, at a table talking about how <laughs> that jerk has spaceship notes and we need that spaceship. <laughs> and um, Sunil says, you know, this is kind of a weird question, but what do you have in the way of caper clothes? And obviously, if you know Paula, you know, this is not a weird question for her. <laughs> She's got tons. And she says, you know, she gave up skulking for Rebecca but this is for me. And then they have this little exchange of like having fun saying the word skulk over and over until it loses meaning. And then they take a break and then it's meaning is back. Just a fun little scene. I do that sometimes with the word bowl. You can do it with any word. Honestly. The bowl, bowl feels like a very weird word after you say it like four times. Bowl. 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 Yeah, wow. it gets yeah, it gets weird. Okay, this is a this is a high quality Heard podcast content. People loved hearing that. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. good stuff. <laughs> Can I be a little mad at Paula here slightly yet? I don't know, like when I'm of allowed course. to start getting mad. I, she like very intentionally gave up this stuff with Rebecca and is like diving right back into it with Sunil while simultaneously being mad at Rebecca. I'm not upset that she's upset with Rebecca. I'm upset that she is continuing to do the same stuff that she won't do with Rebecca. With, with Sunil here. That's like the part that I am not loving. The skulking, if you will. 
Am I alone here? Am I the only one like frustrated by Paula? I don't I don't get frustrated in this scene at least. Like I don't I don't see it right now because I I guess she's just talking about like doing this short little mission to figure out this notes app thing. It, you know, and it doesn't have I think the thing with Rebecca was that she was so invested in it. Like that became like her whole life. She went to these like great lengths to get things to happen like legal things like and this is just wanting to find out how this guy takes notes in their law school class because that'll help them take better notes too yeah i don't know i'm i'm not really put out with her here but i get what you're saying adam because it is because she is breaking the law she is like breaking into someone's room to to I don't agree with that, to be clear. But they haven't done that yet. Ironically, that's the part that I have the least issue with. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) One of the reasons why she, like, stopped a... uh with the Rebecca thing is that Rebecca was like, like doing it was encouraging her to do, to do this sort of stuff. And so I know she's like, well, this is for me, not for Rebecca. So it's okay. But she's still letting herself do the things that she didn't want to do. So she's still letting herself get sucked into like the kind of negative behavior. So yeah, I can, I can see it, but the difference is that like, I'm not upset with her for a, uh, not doing stuff to Rebecca because again, that was because she was doing it to live vicariously through Rebecca and was just like becoming obsessed with that word. This really is something that she's doing for herself. So I think like the motivation for why she's doing the bad things here is a little different. So it doesn't bother me that as much, but it is also kind of like, Oh, but yeah, you had this whole contract, you did this whole thing. You're getting ready to be a lawyer and you just maybe shouldn't be doing this thing that could get you in trouble. Uh, for this stupid thing that you could probably Google and figure out what the name of this note-taking program is. Fair point, Todd. Yeah, I they haven't actually done the breaking into his room yet, so I wasn't factoring that into my uh, feelings about Paula here. Just so we're clear. Again, that's the part that I have the least issue with. <laughs> I hear but that. We'll get there. <laughs> okay. Anything else on this scene? Nothing about scandalous French toast. Oh, I lost track of that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. This is one thing during during the the scene they were talking about how crappy their notes are. That's never uh, Paul asks. I can't even read my notes. What's scandalous French toast? And so Adam, you said there would be a uh, Adam's kitchen corner to talk about what scandalous French toast was. So. Okay, so the breakfast carb food, i.e., pancakes, waffles, French toast. The scandalous part of French toast to me is when anyone says that a pancake is better than either a waffle or a French toast. That to me is the biggest scandal I could even imagine. People thinking that pancakes are better than the other fluffy breakfast carb foods that you put syrup on. The the rankings are very clearly waffles, then French toast, and then a huge dip, ginormous dip down to get to pancakes. I believe that I've probably said this at least once on this podcast before and many, many times in the discord, but there are definitive breakfast food rankings. And it's, it's to me, it's scandalous when people put French toast at the bottom. Wow. Yeah. I I should have known that's where it was going. I I should have known that Adam was going to use it as another, another 
chance to like go into his anti-pancake propaganda. Yeah, uh, that's my that's my bad for opening the door for that. For <laughs> the door is always open, time. Todd. Big pancake <laughs> is everywhere. The door is always open. Oh man, you have man. to fight back against the pancakes. I have a few things to say here. Are please. you ready? <laughs> yes, please. Well, first of all, I think it's hilarious that you said this is like the most scandalous thing you can think of. And let me tell you, Adam has seen every episode of the show Scandal. True. <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. He got me to watch it. It's very good. Anyway, um, second of all, I'm going to say you're going to be surprised. I agree with you. Oh, that's huge news. I think you're right. I think I think you're right. I'm going to clip that and I'm going to play it at the start of every episode or whenever we disagree on something, I'm just going to cut out whatever you say no. and just put that. <laughs> no, that's amazing. Lindy, you actually, we agree on that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, well, don't, don't make me take it back. <laughs> wow. That's uh wow. Todd. Uh, agree to disagree. Oh. Ooh. <laughs> we were so close we were so close yep. to greatness there uh big pancake is everywhere i'm telling you <laughs> i will uh french toast is definitely the for me french toast is the top of that that trio but i'm not a big oh wow so. uh french toast is good i certainly french toast is very good probably better than the triceratops uh the, the drugs that they're about to drink <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Or maybe not. I don't know. Maybe we'll see. Uh, they do. Want, uh, well, well, we're there right now. So what happens is Valencia is trying to leave the festival and she wants to take Rebecca's car, but Rebecca won't let her. She's like, we haven't bonded yet. And then she says, you know what? Let's start small. Are you thirsty? And they walk up to this stall that's right there and they each drink two cups of this drink that was sitting there. And that's where we can get into the taste. They immediately had two cups. It can't have tasted that bad, or they wouldn't have had more than one. Or they were just very thirsty, but yeah. That too. <laughs> they didn't have any like negative reactions to the taste. We'll say that. At least. Mm -hmm. And uh, then they find out it's a... It, um, it's drugs. <laughs> Rebecca's like, did we just drink drugs? Oh no. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't realize that the reason the name of the place was high tea, that the emphasis should have been on the high, not the tea. Um, and yes, they didn't tea take triceratops, three pops, medicated chloroquine, mixing coxy cloxy. Did you memorize that or you have that written down? <laughs> I have that written down. Okay. I, I like, love. I did not remember that. I love. I think if I remember this right at the start of the scene, they were like doing like these British accents. <laughs> they were like, it's high tea. It's just like with the pinkies out. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Then it just turns out to be drugs that they're drinking and then they go uh, on a trip here. Yes. And then we get our second song of the episode. It's called Triceratops Ballet. This is quite an interesting song. Todd, what are your thoughts on it? Well, it's funny because as. As soon as they start going into their little hallucination, they both say in unison, ooh, a dream ballet. And my thoughts on dream ballets can be summed up by a quote from the show Schmigadoon, which is, nobody likes them and they slow everything down. So typically, I'm not a fan of a dream ballet. It's like the 18-minute one in Oklahoma. Like, oh, I didn't need to spend 18 minutes of my life watching this dream ballet. It's 
That is an amazing take, Todd. I completely (laughs) agree. That's such a good take. And I love Oklahoma, too. That's such a good take. Yeah, it's like the, the, you know, definitely the worst thing about uh, Oklahoma and about Flower Drum Song and about, like, all of their musicals and about American in Paris, too, for me as well. But, yeah, I'm not a big dream ballet guy in general, largely because they just go on too long most of the time. Like, I don't mind a little bit of, a like, a dance break type thing, but they tend to be, like, you know, well over 10 minutes long and they don't necessarily progress the plot it's yeah dream ballets typically are not my favorite thing however i really enjoy this particular dream ballet uh it's like musically it's like it's interesting it's like i think adam like has in our notes like it mashes up a lot of songs you get a few different songs snippets kind of done differently what i like about it is it, in this case, it shows you, like, the way that it's staged is it shows you both Rebecca and uh, Valencia's kind of inner inner turmoil, what they're dealing with. So you see Valencia dealing with the fact that she feels like Josh did her wrong. And then you see Rebecca dealing with the fact that she's angry at Josh. And and Rebecca's in a Triceratops costume. Like, like in Valencia's vision, Josh is wearing this little bitty Triceratops mask, and they're both, like, beautiful ballet. And then in Rebecca's, like, he's in the same outfit, but she's just in this, like, full-blown dinosaur costume. And she just starts, like, tromping around, chasing after him as a uh, I'm-a-good-person plays in a really weird style and then she like tackles him like rips his heart out i just love how dark it gets and also it's really short so it kind of avoids the pitfalls of the typical dream belly because it actually does move the plot forward because this whole trip gives both of them this epiphany and it's kept really short and it's really funny so it's not the music itself not something i'm like rank super high necessarily but in terms of like an entertaining few minutes of television i enjoyed it uh, I think I'm, this is going to be like such a low ranking for me, not necessarily because I don't like it, but because it's like, to me, it's not a good CXG song. I think it's like where I'm at. I'm not saying it's like was bad, like TV to watch. I'm not saying it was like bad for the story, but I think just in like, in terms of a song that you could like listen to, mm, I'm kind of out. Uh, that being said, I always love like variations uh, and even like orchestral versions of other songs that they've done. So they have like uh, the four that I picked out. There might have been more that I missed, but like feeling of my own story, uh, the season two theme. I'm just a girl in love. Uh, I'm a good person. And then, of course, our uh, podcast theme song, One Indescribable Instant. Um, I liked that kind of aspect of it to like get sort of like variations on those songs and like sort of how they view those in context. I've talked about that a lot of like how the show uses its own songs to like contextualize other scenes in the show itself, which I think is really, really cool. Um, I was like less impressed by how they did it here because I don't know that the meaning of those songs packs the punch that it otherwise normally does being the backtrack of like other scenes or other characters and stuff like that. Uh, But it wasn't like unenjoyable to watch. So uh, it's, it's a very confusing like song ranking versus scene ranking for me, because I think like the scene itself was fine. I thought it was like, you know, like Todd said, I appreciated how it was short. I love the realization that they have after, but the song itself eh, is where I'm at. I feel pretty much the exact same way as Adam. You said it very well, so I don't need to repeat the whole thing. But yeah, basically as a song on its own, like I'm just probably going to skip this one over if it comes up on the Spotify list of all the Crazy Ex-Girlfriend songs. But watching it in the episode, I do like that it's there. So 
And then immediately after the song ends is when Valencia, they're they're kind of like, they finally like wake up from this trip and Valencia is like saying she's so sad about Josh. And Rebecca says, I want to kill him. <laughs> Just kind of like angry and and sad, you know, angry, sad <laughs> are their reactions. And then we go back to Daryl, and he's really upset about Carl, and White Josh is saying, like, I wasn't that into him, you know, I like guys who are smart and confident, like you. This is a very short scene. We'll come back to them very quickly. Um, and then back to Rebecca. Uh, she's saying she wants to punch something, and Valencia is saying, like, you know, this this trip was, like, beautiful and sad, and... Rebecca's coming to this realization of, like, Josh has taken advantage of me, and I let him. And Valencia, they're both, like, just having these realizations after this trip and this whole dream of the ballet. And Valencia's saying, Josh hurt me so much. And, you know, I, I dumped him, but he left me emotionally long before the breakup. What a line. I mean, <laughs> gosh. Uh, there's like so I feel like there's so much to unpack here of, of of like our thoughts and feelings about Valencia saying this to Rebecca. I, there's like a whole thing about okay, maybe th this is true. Like we've certainly seen evidence that Josh was like not fully bought into that relationship. We saw like countless times when Josh was like giving these looks or like very unsure about Valencia or like didn't know. Um, so like maybe she's maybe she's got like a point there. Uh, I've like been a Valencia stan since the beginning. I was like very high on her when you guys were like not. Um, and so I'm like, I like agree with this. I think that like, this is, uh, I don't know. I think this is like accurate. I don't know. It's like, uh, it's such a strong line to be saying here too. I don't know. I have a lot of like mixed thoughts on the Valencia Josh of it all. Cause there were like points this episode where I was like getting defensive of Josh. And then I was like, wait, oh, what? <laughs> what is happening? And then there are other points where I was like, yes, Valencia tear him apart. And then I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> so I don't know. I think the reason for that is because I think we talked about this a lot throughout season one of like, they both were in this relationship and clearly needed to get out of it. And neither one of them was, breaking it off and both of them were acting badly towards the others at certain times and so they both had thing like things that they shouldn't have been doing in this relationship so i think at times you can defend josh and at times you can defend valencia but like they both had you know issues and they both had things that the other person was doing to them so i think that's why you're having these mixed feelings notably though those issues are like different and i think that is where this like line hits hard because it wasn't like they were both emotionally unconnected i think valencia like i said even throughout last season i think valencia really did love josh and was like very invested in that relationship and josh was not and so like to see her kind of like iterate that aspect of it there were a lot of things that like valencia was doing terribly to josh and like treating him you know horribly sure a hundred percent like absolutely but it wasn't the fact that she wasn't invested or emotionally connected versus like that is what josh was doing was being you know uh he, he left me emotionally long before like the line said and it's like yes that is accurate and so like to see kind of that aspect of it played out while like josh is right in saying you know 
but uh, there's like a lot there. I don't, my, my thoughts are not as coherent tonight <laughs> as I wish they were. Um, but like the line hit because she's right. Like that was the key issue for Josh and it was a different issue for Valencia. So I guess like, I totally agree with what you're saying, that like they were both in the relationship for wrong reasons and like they should not have been in it. We said that countless times, but it wasn't the same reason for both. And Valencia was clearly articulating the reason for her this time. Yeah. And I think I have more mixed feelings about the Rebecca statement about Josh uh, taking advantage of her. Not that he didn't take advantage of her to a certain degree, but also I just go back to everything that she did to him, all the uh, manipulation she did of him, the gaslighting she did of him at the very beginning of it. So I feel like, again, like I said, like it's, it's another case where like both of them were not great to each other or for each other that, uh, it's, so that one kind of like was the parts where I was just like, like, uh, I, I let's go back. Yeah, I mean, looking back at, yeah, I did like him, you know, the way that he stayed at her place and wouldn't commit to a relationship. Yeah, I can see that being taken as him taking advantage of her, but also the way that she treated him before that and everything leading up to that, uh, the manipulation and the lies and everything like that. It's like kind of strange for her to be at that point of being so angry at him whenever she did so much underhanded stuff for him but it's also because rebecca's not thinking of it in that way and i think that all will eventually come to a head at some point but that 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 line kind of like i had to stop and like go oh really i'm like no yeah i i, I get i guess there there is a way uh, it, there's a point but it did definitely was the one like felt i i felt valencia's made much more sense to me immediately than rebecca's statement did and Valencia says that she's scared to be alone and she's crying on Rebecca's shoulder. I mean, this is a complete turnaround from any aspect of their relationship up to this point. Like, Valencia is crying on Rebecca's shoulder. Like, it's, you wouldn't even fathom that in season one. And Valencia is saying, like, I never want to see him again. And right at that moment, again, with the timing, they hear Josh show up to fix the sound system. And then we cut to Daryl and White Josh. They're on a walk and they keep passing by guys and White Josh will say hi to them. Like literally every person. And it turns out four out of the five of the guys they just walked by were his exes. And Daryl is like, you have an older man fetish. And White Josh is like, well, I have a type. So what? And Daryl says, I thought you liked me for me. And he's upset and he like storms away. <laughs> I feel like I'm mad at all the main characters today or the or the or the characters that I would normally be very high on. Stop being annoying, Daryl. Just like be a be a be a person. I don't know. Like get over it. This is not a I I don't know. I don't think Daryl holds any water here with like being upset about this in the slightest. I think this is just kind of like he's creating a problem that didn't really exist but you know it's obviously just because he's feeling insecure but yeah it's 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 made a big deal of i think and it's not that it's big like of the a age part of it that like i am out on if it were more just like wow you have a lot of exes that are all like right here like you really you know what i mean like if it were more about like that aspect of it i would be like uh okay like maybe daryl can like you know maybe whatever but like the fact that it's like the age part of it they've like talked about the difference in age before they've like had that i don't know 
like just get over yourself there <laughs> like wait why joe is right there like he loves he you know you're in a relationship just like shut up <laughs> stop being annoying <laughs> yeah all right so never show insecurities around adam is what i'm learning. it's not That's about what... the inse- oh my god <laughs> it's, not, it's not about the insecurity <sighs> he has like something so good right in front of him we've like love all three of us love their relationship like right from the start we've loved both of them and like i i don't know I think Daryl's like all up in his head here and he needs to get out of his own head. He, yes. uh, basically, he's more of like a doofus here. I guess I don't like hate him, but like stop being a silly Billy and get back to, to why. <laughs> I, I think, I, yeah, I don't love like this whole storyline, but I think that the payoff in this episode makes it worth it because I like where this storyline ends up. But I think I think they just like forced conflicts when in reality, like there probably would not have been any conflict. So like get to the result that we get to, they like forced a little bit of conflict to like resolve it. Well, that's what I'm saying. Which is like okay, but I don't know. It didn't it didn't maybe it could have been a different conflict. They could have like tried a little bit good spot. Like I don't know if we needed to hit the old man fetish card so hard. Like maybe we could (laughs) have just, you know. There were other there were other things to do. And then we go back. It's kind of this whole episode just like jumps back and forth between these people. So we're back to Rebecca and Valencia, and they're kind of like behind a tent looking at Josh. And Valencia wants to hide, but Rebecca's like, no, we always let this jerk off the hook. Like, we don't want to give him that power. Like, we should go, you know, go up to him and Right then is when um, Josh like walks out of the equipment tent and the whole crowd cheers for him because he just fixed the sound system. And Valencia's like, ugh, always the hero. <laughs> and that's when Rebecca drags Valencia into this, at- into this tent with all the equipment. And she's like, take off your pants. <laughs> and Valencia's like, what? <laughs> Place is lying that I ain't that kind of party. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because like, come on, Rebecca, you can't just say that and not explain yourself first. Okay, so then she's like, "It's time we stand up to him. Let's pee on his stuff because he marked us as his territory, and now we're gonna mark him right back." And Rebecca pulls down her pants. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. guess we're doing this <laughs> <laughs> so i guess the back half of this episode is weird that's all i have to say on this really, uh, yeah like we could go we could like talk through <laughs> i don't even know like what we could talk through here like we could talk, it's not uh, <laughs> i don't know like the the methodology here and like the 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 psychology behind like t- uh, uh uh josh marked us as his <laughs> like what when yeah. <laughs> In what that. way did he do yeah. that? <laughs> I mean, seriously. If he was going to do that, like, you'd be married or, like, you'd, ha- you know, you'd have a ring. You'd, like, live together. You'd be in, like, a serious relationship. No, Josh wanted the exact opposite. He did not want to mark you. <laughs> that was his whole point. Oh, my gosh. Also, the logic of, like, we're going to we're gonna screw with Josh by <laughs> peeing on the, on the, on the cords or, I, I, I don't know. I, uh this will and, not yeah. be part of our connect, refresh, and and 
Wow, I keep forgetting heal. and heal. That will not be part of our connect profession heal kidnapping weekend, Lindy. Uh, I wholeheartedly prob- probably agree. skip that part of it. Yeah, we're gonna skip that. It yeah, it just it doesn't make a ton of sense because I mean this isn't Josh's equipment personally. Like it clearly belongs to Aloha Tech. Even so if like- it were. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying I would understand it if it were his personal things that they were trying to destroy. But since this belongs to his place of work, like, if something bad happens to it, like, he's not going to personally be responsible for that. Like, (laughs) it's just going to harm this business. And that's not good. We'll come right back to that, but first we is this to... too close to scatological humor for Todd? I can't tell like how on the line this is for you. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty close, pretty close to okay. it. Yeah, B- bodily fluid humor. Yeah, not my thing. If it helps, I don't even really know that it was humor. Yeah, I don't think this is supposed. Yeah, I, well, I guess it's humor. I don't know. <laughs> it's it's about. I mean, heaven help us if they're trying to make a serious statement here. <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of space between humor and serious but yeah (laughs) okay we'll come right back to that but first we see the scene of sunil and paula are in dressed in all black and they sneak into this guy's room and open his computer and try to download the program that he's using for the notes um paula tries it at first but it won't like download onto her usb so sunil gets on the computer and he knows how to get around whatever that was clearly i don't know what it was but (laughs) he gets around that and manages to download it and so they succeed yep and he's able to do it because he used to be like a computer science major but then he changed the theater after seeing a production of pippin uh which i just again i just wanted to call attention to that because sunil's uh, theater loving nature will come up many many times over uh his appearances on the show so but this is the first time that we find out that sunil has like some sort of theater background am i allowed to be mad at paula here now like, you said you this was the part you weren't mad about. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. So I mean, I'm not mad at like her for breaking in, but like I'm mad at her for breaking in, but not breaking in with Rebecca. Like uh, what does Rebecca have I, to do with this? I what don't are know. you talking I about? Want Paul and Rebecca to be involved in shenanigans together. Rebecca is that electric Mesa. You think she's available? <laughs> How fun would it be to see Paula at Electric Mesa? <laughs> that would be incredible. The point but is, they, they're not communicating enough to know where the whereabouts I of each know, other right now. I know. Uh I also was like struggling with the actual technicality of what was happening in the scene. Like, there was a program they could just, like, get into his computer, but they, like, have the technological resources to, like, hack his computer, but don't have the technological resources to find the program that, like, takes notes? Maybe, maybe this guy created the program himself, and it's not available to the public. Mm. It's just his thing. That feels like the least likely option here. Or is it the most likely? It would explain why it's none their business because it's proprietary. He doesn't want to share it. He's probably like working on the patent, trying to get the business. He's, he's going to law school to so become a business lawyer so he can like uh, do all it himself. I don't know. It, none of it makes sense. This whole scene, the whole, yeah, the it whole, didn't work for me. I don't know. The whole I... note taking app is like just such a weird MacGuffin. This whole, this whole Paula storyline did nothing for me. Here's the, th- I think, 
here's the thing. I think I just made sense of this. I think I didn't I didn't get it before, but I think now that I said, okay, this guy created the program himself. He did the coding like this is his personal project. That's why they had to break in. That's why they had to download it. That's why they couldn't find it themselves like on the internet. I think that when that they solved sense. it. Case closed. Code. Yeah. Okay. I, do you disagree? Like, <laughs> I, I mean, it makes more sense than anything else. It like, still does nothing for me. It maybe makes it slightly more illegal than it would have otherwise have been. <laughs> which, which, I don't cover the legalities of any of that. Yeah, I don't care about any of that. The number of times that lawyers break the law on this show is staggering. So I, you know, I can't, I can't like be mad about that. <laughs> well, now we go to. Personally, I think the best scene of the episode. <laughs> um, Rebecca and Valencia have finished peeing on the equipment. <laughs> I I don't think any of us are thrilled about that, but that's what they do. And Valencia's starting to say, you know what the best part about this? And Rebecca just interrupts her and she's like, that we saw each other's vaginas? And Valencia's like, that Josh will never know it was us. And Rebecca, that Josh will never know that it's us? <laughs> <laughs> like tries to join in as though that's what she was saying when she had already said a completely different statement like yeah Rebecca okay <laughs> I thought that was hilarious okay and that is when Josh walks in and he is so surprised to see them I'm sure he's surprised to see each of them individually but also they're together right now like that's not normal either and he's like what's that smell did you pee on the equipment The fact that Josh is able to figure out that quick uh, is astounding. But I just started <laughs> laughing because when I said, what's that smell? I don't I was love like, the Where's implications of that statement, Todd. <laughs> oh my gosh. What a weird like scene to be walking in on for Josh. I, there, this is a wild scene. And it like, only gets crazier as Lindsay is like, yes, we did. We did. That's one of my favorite parts. Just the way she says it. She's like, yeah, we did. <laughs> like crosses her arms. <laughs> she all of a sudden is like, "Yeah, what are you gonna do about it?" We pee, and Rebecca like immediately follows suit. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we we peed on it. Oh my gosh! Rebecca says we did it to mark our independence from you. <laughs> and Josh's response is like, "Uh, okay, that's gross <laughs> and confusing." Agreed. Correct. Agreed. I'm agreeing with Josh Chan for once. Me too. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I mean, it is confusing. It is gross. And then Rebecca says, what's confusing and gross is how you treated Valencia. You know, she gave you the best years of her life and you repaid her by hooking up with another woman. (laughs) This is is one of Josh's best moments. Which was you! (laughs) Yeah, really good Josh line. Fair point, Josh. And that's when Valencia... I I love the scene so much. Valencia's like, exactly. Let's talk about Rebecca. She got you that job, and, you know, then you slept on her couch for free and broke her heart. And Josh is like, uh, it was complicated with both of you. Like... Also true. I love Rebecca. Like at the start, Valencia's like, "Yeah, let's talk about Rebecca." And you can like see Rebecca look over. She like looks like, like concerned. She's like, "Oh my, oh no!" Like what's she gonna say? And then she's like, "Oh my god, thank you." For- <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
oh man it just like is so uncomfortable for josh here as he's like being confronted uh i was like getting defensive of josh in this scene it's like he's getting attacked for things that like he probably like did they're both like right but they're also like wrong with all like the context that's needed there but i i don't know i like have never gotten even remotely defensive of josh before in this scene i was like oh boy they're kind of like after they peed on this stuff like that could have been the end of it right like you, you, that was the point and then oh man they just kept going i think part of it is how just unexpected this must have been for him like he doesn't even know that they're there and he's, he's like there. doing his job he's for work and he's just fixed this equipment and is like coming to check on it and just runs into both of his recent ex-girlfriends who were like so oh. literally pissed at him <laughs> Imagine you're doing your job and two of your exes come pee on your stuff and then you get chewed out by both of them. <laughs> Tough day at the office for Josh. And then it gets meaner because he was he's saying like, oh, it was complicated with both of you. And then Rebecca's like, oh, was it complicated? Like in this baby voice. And Valencia's like, oh, are you going to cry now? Because <laughs> Valencia's even like, was that compliment wampumacated? <laughs> and Josh is like, you guys are so mean. <laughs> and like, he's right, but it's so funny. <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, and then Rebecca is talking about Valencia. She's like, she's a goddess and a leader, and you should have worshipped her. And then Valencia is like, and Rebecca is a super smart dynamo, and you should have treated her with respect. And then they turn to each other, and Valencia is like, you're small but fierce. I've always been afraid to be fierce like that. And then Rebecca's like, this is why there's a pay gap. <laughs> and then you see in the background, Josh just like silently speaks out. <laughs> My, my one question to this is, has Valencia been afraid to be fierce? Because I don't feel like that's really been a, a part of Valencia's personality that she's been afraid to be fierce. Maybe she sees that she's, but uh, everyone else sees her as fierce. Uh, but other than that, yeah, uh, hilarious, hilarious scene. It is so good. <laughs> I I love the entire thing. I just want to go rewatch that. Um. And then we cut to a bit later, um, Valencia, you know, walks up there. Valencia and Rebecca are still together. Valencia walks up. She like bartered to get a better outfit. And now she feels empowered. And Rebecca's like, we bonded and they hug. And Valencia's going to go do yoga. It's like, wow, this is going so well for them. Yes, and to show that she's still the same Valencia, she is not just going to go do yoga, she's going to go correct people's poses. Uh, and she's going there specifically to correct poses. She's not going there to do yoga, she's going there to find people who are doing things wrong and correct them. So the Valencia we know is is still, still there, but again, we're seeing more dimensions to her than we have in the past. Right, and I think that's the great part about it. It's not like her entire personality changed. It's just that she was like really sad and going through this breakup, and so obviously she you know, she was going through a lot and she was a little more open to just going with the flow of whatever Rebecca was trying to do. And it ended up, you know, working out and they kind of, they definitely bonded over, over this trauma that they both feel, you know, after what happened with Josh. And so after Valencia walks away, uh, Daryl walks up to Rebecca and, you know, Rebecca's saying like, I feel like my life has changed. <laughs> And she asks Daryl if he's okay because he seems a little off. And Daryl's talking about how, like, this place is for young people and white Josh's old boyfriends. 
and Daryl's saying, like, I thought it was special. And Rebecca's like, Mike Josh is in the office every day just to see you. Like, you should go talk to him. I love this from Rebecca. Like, she notices something's wrong with Daryl. And she's like, you are special. Like, White Josh loves you. Go, go make this right. I like it. Yeah, and she even is basically saying nice things about White Josh here because White Josh isn't around to hear them. So she can be nice about White Josh because he's not around. And then White Josh is doing crunches when Daryl walks up and Daryl wants to talk and White Josh very reluctantly stops doing his crunches so they can start talking. It's angry crunches as a uh, Daryl. Like, can you stop angry crunching so we can talk? And White Josh responds, I set an intention. Which just like his like angry terse response or something that that line line, line read cracked me up. And then Daryl's talking about, you know, he felt so ordinary and old when I saw those other guys. And White Josh says, you know, I have insecurities too. Like I've been starting to think I'm just some boy toy to you. Like you don't take me seriously. Why haven't I met Madison yet? And Daryl says, like, I didn't want to freak you out. Like I didn't I didn't want to make it too serious, you know, too soon. And White Josh says, I want something serious with you, Daryl. And Daryl says, oh, I love you, Josh. And Josh says, I love you, too. And they kiss. And it's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. And I don't think we, like, mentioned it before, but the White Josh's first scene, he mentions they don't really say that to each other. Like, that's a thing that, you know, it's like they haven't really said in this relationship. So it's a big, big turning point for them. I love it. And then we go back to Josh. He is packing up the rest of his stuff. He's talking to Sherpa Allen. He's the guy. I, I don't know if he's in charge, but he's been leading some of the events today. And he's telling him, like, he's glad he came here. He needed a reminder about why he's so happy being single. <laughs> like, women are complicated and hard to understand. So I'm going to take a long break from women. And then... Right after Sherpa Allen walks away, this woman walks up and she's like, hey, thanks for fixing the sound. And Josh's response is, I work out. <laughs> and she laughs and he smiles and it's like, oh, goodness. Like, you know where this is going. Josh is not taking a break from women. He's a girlfriend guy. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I have to... Uh... My obligatory uh, Josh slam here. Complicated and just hard to understand. How are women different than everything else in the world for Josh? That it's, I, th I was thinking, I, I talked a little bit about this, I think last week or the week before about, you know, Rebecca, I guess it was last week, like Rebecca having like, the big epiphany, she's going to change. And then she immediately starts falling back into her old patterns and the thing we so see over and over again but here we see josh doing the same thing josh has had this epiphany josh has had this yeah it's better if i you know take a break for women i just continue by myself and then instantly it's back into his old patterns so it's not just rebecca the one that does this it's a common thing paula did the same thing paula broke her patterns of doing you know sneaky stuff and underhanded stuff and then she gets sucked right back into it so all these characters are kind of like fighting against those patterns so just something i thought was interesting yeah there's a lot of cringe in this scene especially with sherpa out like very a <laughs> lot of cringe humor in this scene uh but perhaps more importantly welcome to britney snow uh one of like my favorite actresses uh that sort of appears as like a guest in the show 
um you know pitch perfect connection there of course uh as well as some other stuff uh my i think my favorite like that i've seen her in a movie is hairspray um so yeah welcome i love her she's great and a great voice too which we'll see a little bit later on yeah but first we see okay i love this so much white josh is sitting at a table and he is holding a snail plushie plushie because he's about to meet Madison and she loves snails. I saw that and I was I was just immediately like, this makes me so happy. This makes me truly happy to see him holding this little snail. And Madison and Daryl walk up and Madison sees it and she's like, oh, I'm more into Pegasus's now. And White Josh is like, oh, okay, like, we'll take this back and get you a Pegasus. And she's like, no, I'll take this in addition to the Pegasus one. <laughs> and Madison turns to Daryl and she's like, I like your boyfriend, Daddy. He ain't cheap. <laughs> <laughs> and then they all hold hands and walk over to get Boba. It's so cute. Yeah, very, uh, yeah, very good scene. Love it. And that's a series wrap on Boba. Oh my gosh. I was like, on on who? <laughs> I was so scared there. For series wrap on the snail plush. On the snail plush. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's so sad. I loved it so much. And <laughs> then we are not at Boba anymore. We're at the donut place. And Heather is there with Rebecca. And Heather's saying, so you guys are good now? And Rebecca's saying, yeah, we totally bonded. And then Valencia walks in and she's looking more like her usual self. Like she's dressed, dressed up more than she was the past, you know, a few times we saw her. And at first, I gotta be honest, at first when I saw this, I was like, oh no, is like this gonna totally turn around and Valencia's gonna just immediately be mean to Rebecca again? It's like gonna be like their bonding never happened. Like now that she's kind of you know moved on a bit, like is she just gonna go back to her old ways? But no, like she sits down. And they're clearly, like, friends now. And Heather's like, I heard you peed on some stuff. That's, like, one of my favorite lines of this whole episode. Hey, bitch, I heard you peed on some stuff. <laughs> oh, just so good. I, I also like, Heather's like, I always knew I liked you. You're basic, but in an enjoyable way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Heather says that. And then Valencia's like, thanks, bitch. <laughs> and Rebecca's like, we're all bitches. And we're liberating that word from its misogynistic confines and then she has to pay both heather and valencia five dollars for mentioning josh of course i don't know why i agreed to it with both of you she says (laughs) oh man it's yeah really funny and i do want to talk about just for a second the donut place uh it's no joke that donut door that they're going through it's very bougie i think we talked about this uh maybe one or two episodes ago but like this place seems much more bougie than than boba I guess oversized novelty donut shaped doors don't strike me as bougie necessarily. <laughs> it's like boutique, I, right? It's like very <laughs> kitschy, I guess, is maybe more uh, appropriate than bougie. But yeah, I think I like kitschy yeah. definitely <laughs> would, would fit more, I think. It's an outdoor donut place. I mean, seems pretty casual to me. Trendy, maybe, is a word that would. Uh... Okay, I would go. I guess it's like what I'm saying. <laughs> so basically, uh, if Adam. 
Adam would go somewhere, no, ergo, it is Boosh. I like that. Exactly. Unless Adam goes to, it's automatically Boosh. <laughs> so whenever so. Adam goes to Dairy Queen to get a blizzard, that's the bougiest Dairy Queen you've ever been to. <laughs> there are some bougie Dairy Queens, let me tell you. Uh, there are some Dairy Queens that really, uh, uh, you know, have not, I haven't had a blizzard in so long, actually. I, I should have had a blizzard before this episode, but. There's not a Dairy Queen close to me. We're very into like uh, niche talk here, but there's not like a lot. Of, there's no Dairy Queens in, in St. Louis. Yeah, well, if you get to Texas, this this is DQ country, as the oh. here, I would say. So yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully, I will. <laughs> you two can go to Dairy Queen together. I, uh, no offense to Utah, but I really hope that is not where we end up uh, <laughs> for the day. I feel like there has to be better things to do than go to Dairy Queen. But I meant uh, to drop by for a blizzard, not to hang out there all day. Well, maybe that's just the front. I say, Todd, let's go grab a blizzard. And it turns out. <laughs> something worth it. Something worth electric Mesa. Something worth electric Mesa, yeah. That I would love to see. <laughs> Adam and Todd go to a music festival. <laughs> In the middle of the ice storm. This was the hit on the day uh, that Adam gets here. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah. Uh, so then back at the donut place. Uh, Paula and Sunil walk in and Rebecca sees him and her face kind of drops when she spots Paula and Paula kind of has the same reaction and you know they walk up to each other and say hi and you know Rebecca kind of turns back to Heather and Valencia and she's like oh it's cool they're like my bitches now (laughs) and that's when Paula introduces Sunil to Rebecca and he says I'm Paula's bitch (laughs) And Rebecca notices that Paula and Sunil are wearing friendship bracelets. And she says, oh, that's fun. And just her voice is so squeaky when she says that. It's really funny. I was going to say that too, Lindy. Like throughout this entire scene, and I think I've said this before about Rachel Bloom, but the way when she like makes her voice go up really high and it like gets to like that little bit of a screech on the top end when she's like really uncomfortable and the scene is like really awkward. I think it's like, brilliant and i like i was able to like feel that uncomfortability in this scene like it felt so awkward the whole time i was like oh oh it's like painful to watch oh it is this scene is so awkward this scene is so so awkward it's so so bad and good but bad i don't know that i see it as bad like i see i i get the awkwardness but i don't think it's like oh this is so cringy it's horrible i think it's just like you know they're hanging out with new friends which is kind of different for their relationship and so yeah i see the tension there and like the uncomfortableness but i don't see it as like a like a horrible to watch you know but i'm it wasn't horrible to watch i mean i like i said it's bad but good is what i said so yeah you know it's but it's it's very much like it's so awkward because you can see like them starting to drift apart and then like suddenly realizing It's, it's like that realization moment where they both are realizing oh wow, this is my best friend, but I have no idea what's going on with them in the moment. And, it's like the uh, combination of realizing it while also not saying anything about it and just like pretending like it's it's not there. I think it was like a definitely uncomfortable and, and slightly hard to watch, at least for me. Well, the way the scene ends is, you know, they kind of say goodbye and go back to their their new like little friend groups and 
you know, Paul, or Rebecca looks over at Paula when Paula's not looking and has this like longing glance. And then Rebecca looks away. And then Paula looks over at Rebecca with this longing glance while Rebecca's not looking and looks away. And it's like, that is such a classic TV thing to have that happen. But I think it's usually like a romantic kind of thing. And so I love that they're doing that here with this friendship and how it's just kind of like a missed connection right now. So we're almost to the end here. Uh, Josh is back at the store. He's counting some stuff and new thought bubbles pop up and they've got, you know, the new woman, Brittany Snow um, in them. Her name is Anna. We can see that in his phone and because he has her number. <laughs> Apparently he he got that at the festival and he's looking at it and clearly contemplating calling her and she's singing, you know, in the thought bubbles as well. Does this is this count? Are we counting this as an official song? Like, I don't think so. Probably not an official song, but I liked it. I guess is what I will say. Yeah, I mean it's it's good, but it's yeah. There's not a, a lot to it. Like it's it's not very long or anything. Um, and that's the end of the proper episode. Then there's just the ending scene, which goes back. This is great. It goes back to Rebecca and Valencia in the equipment tent, like clearly, like right after. Josh has left and Rebecca is explaining the pay gap thing. She's like, women are afraid of being bitches. They're like, oh, please give me the job. But men, when they're applying for a job, they don't apply. The job applies to them. <laughs> I love it. My favorite thing in this is Valencia's reactions to her. Like, kind of like, I preach. And there's one part she really just goes, oh, and she's like, like raises <laughs> her hand up and just like vocalizes. It's just like so bizarre, but it cracks me up. I love it so much. And that's our episode. That's the episode. Uh, season two, episode five of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Like I said at the start, like a weird episode in my, I guess, like for me, I was like uncomfortable so many times. Like I said, there were so many times where I was like, oh, what's going on here? Uh, and there were like some very weird lines from, uh, from some very weird characters. Um, but there was some really good stuff in here as well. But we still have a few other things that we are going to do here today um on the podcast and of course it wouldn't even be a podcast for us if we did not start off by going to todd's game corner here we are in Todd's game corner. We're back. Todd. Uh, we had a thrilling week last week. Uh, season two has gotten off to quite a start. What do you have for us today? So I look at quite a few things trying to figure out what to have the game, a, you know, springboard off of, but I finally landed on Bo, 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 Bo. So it's going to be the presidential pets game today. So, okay. <laughs> I feel like I see Biden tweeting about new pets literally all the time. <laughs> I think they, I think they just got a new cat. Like, okay, sorry, continue. So, well, we're not doing anything that recent because I, uh, sure. that wouldn't be fun. Make it too easy there. So, uh, yes. this is going to be yeah. <laughs> this is going to be one of the uh, I give you four options, three of which are real, one of which I've made up uh, games. 
So I believe we are at uh, Lindy going first this week. Uh, so we'll the standard rules. If uh, Lindy gets it right, uh, she'll get two points. If she misses, Adam can get a chance to steal for one point. And four questions. And if it's tied at the end of four questions, I do have a tiebreaker. So the first question, Lindy, is... I went through the list on Wikipedia of all of the presidential pets and all of the animals that have been gifted to presidents and some of which have been kept for a very short period of time before being donated to zoos because they can't really keep them as pets. So uh, I went through and found like some of the more unusual Sorry, things. Is this is this just dogs or like? Oh, no, is no, no, pets? no, no. All, pets. all, pets. all pets. All pets. Yes. Okay, okay, okay. Because uh, since since Richard Nixon, it's basically just been dogs and cats with R Ronald Reagan had a horse. But uh, prior to that, there were a lot, uh, a lot wider range of animals that were considered to be presidential pets over the years. Uh, so, Lindy, which of these four types of animals has not been a presidential pet? Alligator? Ferret? Possum? Or raccoon? Three of those have been presidential pets. One of those has not. All right. Well, I don't want to give out my thought process because if I get it wrong, Adam can guess and get a point, right? Yeah. All right. So That's I'm just going to give my guess with no real commentary yet. Uh, my guess is going to be raccoon. There was indeed multiple raccoon <laughs> pets. Who knows why, fact, but okay. Yeah. Well, one was thought to be a companion of the first one, and then the one that was about to be a companion of the first one ran away. And then the next president actually got a raccoon to live in the raccoon treehouse thing that they built for the last. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, no. So, Adam, your options remaining are alligator, ferret, or possum. Okay. <laughs> uh, my. Oh my god, who's gonna have a pet alligator? <laughs> uh, but I do feel like that would certainly fall into the category of like donated and then sent to a zoo like quickly. Um, I'm gonna go with ferrets. There have indeed never been a ferret as a presidential pet. Who had the alligator? Uh, I'd have to look. I think there's. I knew. A couple. I knew about there's that. There's multiple. <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, I knew there was an alligator, so I knew it wasn't that. But I didn't. I didn't know of the other three. Wow. Okay. So it's just one to zero. As these are each like two point. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Somehow Adam gets everything right, and it's so annoying. Okay. Right, <laughs> go on. Wow. All right. So Adam, <laughs> uh, your question has to do with animals that were gifted to president so these are like a little bit more out there exotic animals that have been <laughs> gifts to uh to presidents so okay which of these was not an animal that was gifted to a president a hyena <laughs> a kangaroo a pygmy hippo or a wallaby oh my gosh okay you said a hyena Hyena, kangaroo, kangaroo pygmy hippo, hippo or a wallaby. Okay. I feel like, oh, I, I maybe I should do the Lindy strategy where I just say, <laughs> um, okay, I'm going to go with kangaroo. You are correct. There's never been a kangaroo donated. Insanity. 
presidential pets is <laughs> what a category. Uh, wow. Are there my logic there? If I just to like explain it a little bit, I don't even know if there are kangaroos in the U.S. So, uh, I don't know how they would That's donate. A, I mean, I guess they could like well, come. The pygmy hippos are just all over the U.S. And I have and to Wallabies, be honest with you. So. I I don't know the other animals. <laughs> I mean, I know. I guess I know what a hippo is. Is a pig, pygmy's just small, right? Yeah. So it's just like a tiny little hippo. Yeah. Uh, the, the, and the I have no idea what a with... wallaby is. What is a wallaby? It's a mar marsupial, I believe. I Maybe I'm bad so. at animals. Uh, you didn't know the difference between a lion and tiger, so yeah, I'd say that was very last season, Todd. Uh, <laughs> Adam is winning this animal quiz. He doesn't know lions <laughs> versus tigers. Like, what is happening? <laughs> Alrighty, so now we're going to move away from types of animals to animal names. So, Lindy, these a a, a Calvin Coolidge had a large number of pets during his tenure as president. A, uh, and apparently he really liked a, uh, names that were alliterative. So out of these four alliterative names, which one did I make up? A, Patsy Polk. B, Paul Pry. C, Peter Pan. Or D, Prudence Prim. So, <laughs> I I know you're probably not gonna tell me anything specifically, but like, just I'm just wondering, like, are these all different types of animals, or are these like the same type of animal? Like, this is funny. These are all the same type of animal. Okay. He had a wide range of different types of animals, but the ones with the double P names all were uh, the same type of animal. All right, I'm gonna go with Paul Pry. Paul Pry was indeed a name of one of Coolidge's animals. Well, congrats, Adam. Thank you, Lindy. Uh, what were the other few guesses, just to take a stab at it? Uh, Patsy Polk, Peter Pan, Prudence Prim. I don't think you would put Peter Pan in here if that wasn't a real thing. Uh, I'll go with uh, Prudence Prim. Prudence Prim is indeed the name of one of the Coolidge's dogs. Uh, Patsy Polk is the one that I made up. Okay. See, can I explain why I picked mine? I thought Paul Pry was kind of like Paula who pries, and I was like, maybe that's the one <laughs> that Todd made up. Uh, it's, uh, not a bad thought process, but uh, sadly, a, a, it was an actual name. So uh, the last question, just uh, to read it anyway, uh, Adam, George Washington had uh, several coon hounds, uh, and one of these was three of them are the names of his coonhounds. One of these was not. The options are drunkard, snifter, taster, and tipsy. I'm gonna go with uh, taster. Taster was the name of one of George Washington's dogs. Dang. Okay. See, I missed those last two questions, Lindy. There you go. Great, Lindy. So helpful. Drunkard, snifter, or tipsy? Drunkard. Sadly, Drunkard was the name of one of the four dogs. <laughs> actually, like the four, the four dogs' names were Drunkard, Taster, Tipsy, and Tipler, I believe, was the fourth one. So, so Snifter I, was the so right Snifter one. was the one that I made up. Damn. Wow. Three to zero. That's, that's rough. 
Uh, the games are not going well for you so far this season. Lenny. Oh, you don't say. Um... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I believe that brings the score up to four to one. Is that wow, right? What an unfamiliar feeling. Just kidding. <laughs> I know exactly what this is like. Um, I feel confident that a comeback is imminent, just as it was uh, last season. Um, I, don't know. I don't know. There are, I think what I've learned most from this Game Corner segment is that there are a lot of weird things in the world that Todd has looked up. And I think and that Adam if- guesses right about <laughs> all of them. That's Adam what I've learned. Adam is a very good guesser. That's the big thing that I've learned. I... Uh, I think uh, we've been talked like a ton about like the history of ourselves as people. I love like trivia contests, like bar trivia, pub trivia. I did that like every single week in college, sometimes twice a week. Like we would have a, t- a team that would go and like compete all the time. I love this kind of stuff. Um, and I certainly like have a lot of experience uh, in the trivia realm. I guess my frustration is not that you would like know the right answers, but that you're guessing and you're getting them all right. Yeah, because I certainly like don't know definitively the right right. answers, (laughs) even slightly. Um, Yeah, yeah. And so the tiebreaker was going to be based on the number of pits that Calvin Coolidge had over the course of the 20? 74. Yeah. Oh man, uh, I think Adam would have been closer oh, uh, still, but a uh, because but it was like it was forty three, so neither one of you were close. Oh wow, okay, <laughs> Adam, yeah, was was like, close, Adam was like twenty three off, and you were like like thirty some off. But uh, yeah, twenty nine, I think. 31 whatever I don't know. anyway uh good game uh as always here as we go through season two there's i think we said this before there's a total of 13 episodes so we need seven to clinch uh the win and neither of us are are even really close to there yet i yeah. still four to one so there's still a lot of game left to be played many guests still to come on and pick your team i've had my moment lindy i you know I'm, I've accepted that I think that I've had the only guest join my team that's going to join my team here on the podcast. Um, so that that's where I'm at currently. But we still have one more thing to do here on this podcast, and it is to give out some pretzels for some songs. We only had two songs this episode that we are going to be ranking. Uh, the first was Thought Bubbles. Uh, Todd, what do you have here for Thought Bubbles? I said... I- I like it okay. It's not one of my favorites, but I don't uh, dislike it. Uh, I think, oh, I'm just looking at what my other scores were. Uh, I guess like a 3.6 is where I'm landing for Thought Bubbles. Uh, okay. Lindy, what about you? So, yeah, I like it. Really positive opinion, but just don't love it. So I'm going to give it a 3.5. Wow. I'm like way higher on this than than both of you. Uh, I'm like looking, I know, I know, uh, it would be very, it would be very on brand for me to give this a five, but I certainly am like not going to, I think I'm at like a 4.1, uh, for this song for me. I'm at just below don't settle for me and the season two theme, but I think it's still a very good song. Uh, and then no surprise, I think is we're like, just at least for me personally, I'm just doing these ratings kind of based on the songs themselves and not necessarily like only within the context of the show. Not that the context of the show isn't valid and it certainly like plays a part of it, but it's not like the only part of it. So Triceratops Ballet for me only gets a one. Uh, Todd, what about you? Uh, yeah, this is a tough one. Like I said, I love the sequence itself, but the song doesn't really do it for me. So 
but I don't hate the song. It's not one that makes me go, what were they doing? Like with some of the other songs, I wouldn't feel great giving a super low score, but I also don't know if it really fits into like a, the three range. Uh, but yeah, so I'm I'm all over the place with this one. I'm going to give it like a 2.8 above Makey Makeover. Still decently high there. Uh, Lindy, what about you, Triceratops Ballet? Yeah, that's pretty high. Um, I'm I'm gonna go with a two. You know, again, I'm not going out of my way to listen to this. Enjoyed it in the episode, but I'm not gonna be playing this on my own. Uh, amazing. And then uh, finally, who made us truly happy? I will admit I've been like thinking about this a lot this episode, like going back and forth on two, and I think we're all kind of going back and forth here. Uh, Lindy, we'll start with you. Who made you truly happy? Lindy's not going back and forth. Never mind. I think Todd and I were going back and forth. Who made you truly happy, Lindy? Unless you mean back and forth between a person and the snail plushie, in which case. (laughs) You can give it to the snail plushie if you wanted to. I'd be fine. I'm highly considering that, but I'm not going to pick an inanimate object when there are plenty of regular human people who are available. It would be very inappropriate for us to judge you for picking an an inanimate object. (laughs) Well, I judge you for doing it, so I'm not going (laughs) to. Anyway, um, I'm going to, the choice for me, I I didn't have to spend too long deciding. I was pretty confident that I am going to pick Valencia. I loved her in this episode. I thought it was great that she was like open to Rebecca's, you know, wacky plan and, you know, coming to realizations about her feelings and like defending Rebecca, bonding with her, becoming friends with her. I loved it. So Valencia. I believe that's our first Valencia pick. It is indeed our first Valencia pick. And I will admit, Valencia was not even one of the two people that I'm going back and (laughs) forth between. Uh, uh, Todd, what about you? Who made you truly happy? Uh, well, Valencia just got her first pick, and now she's getting her second because Valencia Woo! also uh, is oh my gosh. made me truly happy. And I think it's kind of like whenever I you know gave like White Josh like a truly happy early on, or Heather like their first appearance. I'm like not necessarily like the best version of them, but still, it's kind of like a uh, seeing them was made me so excited. And even though Valencia's been here for a while, this is like the the beginning of Valencia not as the antagonist, not as the enemy to Rebecca but as just like a, a character who is part of the group. And we finally get to see her like fleshed out more. I'm just going to be so happy to finally see Valencia not in that binary women fighting over a man type space, but actually have her have more depth and beyond that and being able to see the beginning of the Valencia that we'll see for the rest of the series made me truly happy. Wow. Uh, that's amazing. I love that you're both picking Valencia. I really love Valencia as a character, but she's not who I'm picking this episode. Uh, I was between, uh, Heather, who I really love in this episode. I, she doesn't like get a ton, but both of her like beginning and end stuff is really funny to me. Uh, and the other person who I think I'm ultimately going to pick is White Josh. I love, uh, you know, there's like some stuff that I don't love from Daryl in this episode, but I loved White Josh here in the, in this episode. He's like giving the plushie. He's getting such the cute moment uh, with Madison. I love his give and take with uh, with Rebecca in the office. Um, and I love that like they're, you know, he wants something serious. And I love that he's saying that to Daryl. I love that he's, you know, saying, I love you. Um, 
So yeah, White Josh is who made me truly happy this episode. I was, uh, wow, I didn't even. I, I'm uh, sorry. Did you think we were all deciding between Heather and White Josh? That is so random. Maybe I don't know. I, uh, Todd loves White Josh. I I always assume that I do White, White, Josh White Josh is on the table, and he was definitely on the table for me. Uh, but and I guess there wasn't enough from him this episode to really uh, beat out just the the joy I had at seeing Valencia finally you know, break out of that like ice queen mode that she had kind of been in for a large part of the show. So, yeah. And I will certainly pick Valencia going forward. Uh, do not fear dear listener. I, I love Valencia quite a bit, but uh, I liked my Josh here. So uh, that's who made me truly happy. And that's our episode. That was season two, episode five of crazy ex-girlfriend and of our podcast here uh weird episode overall we do i in my opinion i think that we like <laughs> sort of hit a bump here of really good episodes at the start of season two but i do love where the rest of season two goes uh in the in terms of uh storytelling and like interesting characters there's some like weird stuff that happens there's some very uh controversial and like uh fascinating stuff that will happen as we'll see some of the storylines kind of explode i love where season two goes i love the show a lot and i'm very excited to talk about it with both of you going forward here uh as we continue to barrel through season two there we go uh (laughs) speaking of barreling through I'm going to come up with something after the episode and then edit it in here. I'll put put it back in. Okay. Uh, (laughs) I'm not going to do that, but uh, maybe I will now that I've said it. Who knows? Uh, Next week, it's not just going to be the three of us again. (laughs) We will have another guest on next week to talk through season two, episode six. We are going to be joined uh, for the second time here at One Indescribable Podcast by Melissa Woodward, who's going to be here. Uh, so exciting. Yay, so exciting. Uh, Lindy's going to get a teammate for the game, and we're going to have a great conversation. <laughs> oh, I sure hope so. I'll literally cry on the podcast <laughs> if not. <laughs> wow, there's a lot of guilt there that she's not Look, even going to be able to She's not going to hear it before she comes on uh, the way we record these. So, you know what? Or maybe she will. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, she might actually. <laughs> I'm thinking about it. Um, but it's okay. Uh, yeah, Lindy's not actually going to cry. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but we're incredibly excited to have Melissa back on. She was absolutely fantastic the first time that she was here. Uh, and we're stoked to have her back here for season two, episode six. Uh, but that'll be next week. Um, but in the meantime, uh, Lindy, what are you up to? Where can people find you at? You can find me on Twitter at TVLindy, TVLindy, and at our podcast Twitter, 1CXG Podcast. That's O N E C X G Podcast. Amazing. Todd, what are you up to? Where can people find you at? You can find me on Twitter at Librarian Todd because Todd Librarian was too many characters. And outside of that, you can just always find me at the Post Show Recaps Discord, where a, uh, Adam, Lindy, and I all spend quite a good good amount of time talking about TV shows, movies, DD, all sorts of other random stuff. Yeah, I'm on there just, again, just way too much. Uh, <laughs> it's like where I spend my life. You can find me on Twitter at PianomanAdam1. You can also find me on some various stuff at twitch.tv slash dmphilly. Uh, I won't talk about Arcane again, but if you haven't, you should go listen to that. You'll also be able to find me on uh, the Shit 90 Show's Taught Me podcast very soon. As I'm going to talk through an episode of Dawson's Creek, a show that I Are have you? never seen an episode of. What? Um, but I am <laughs> no, so insanely excited to talk about it. You have no idea. Kidding. 
Which I, episode? I, are you? We'll talk offline, Lindy. I haven't actually oh watched the God. episode le- yet, but I'm like ridiculously excited to like come in blind and talk about it with Jess and Sarah on that podcast. What? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be so much fun. Uh, and that, yeah, that's the only place you can find me. But the most important place that you can find me is right here. Or next week, we'll be back with Melissa Woodward to talk through season two, episode six of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. And until then, bye.